0: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Beyond A-Figures. How have you been doing? I've been having a crazy summer, but I'm so happy to be here today because we have a truly multi-talented, fascinating entrepreneur on the show today. They're a real estate investor, partner in multiple businesses, chief marketing officer, lead generation specialist, coach extraordinaire, and that just begins to scratch the surface of this amazing woman. She's the partner and CEO, CMO, a virtual assistant provider, Reva Global, and lead generation company, Deal Dialers. She's also the founding partner of Level Up Atlanta, the Social Media Success Academy, and the Collective Rise Campus event and work sharing space in Georgia. Okay, this person knows how to juggle their business without any doubt. So much stuff. and doing it so well. Her ultimate passion though is helping people build their wealth in ways that are in alignment with their life goals and in doing so has empowered thousands of her clients to reset their lives and businesses on a path that unlock their creative calling. I can't wait to get started on learning from our guest today. So please join me in welcoming Amy Ranstell. Hello Amy, thank you so much for coming on the show. This yeah, is really cool.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me. No, I'm
0: really excited. I've been diving through your material and stuff, and doing so many cool things. Love for the audience uh, to learn more. Yeah, you know, as I was telling them just a second ago before you got on. So yeah, I would love to know how you see yourself on your own journey. Where are you?
1: Oh my goodness! I, I'm going to assume so many listeners are going to relate to this. I am an eternal student right like i think we're always our own worst critic Right. we celebrate all of our achievements yes. i believe in that i celebrate every little win all the way through the journey but i always feel like eternally at base camp one even though i know i'm not and i think it's because i think as entrepreneurs we're so driven to keep building keep growing what's the next thing so it, my journey is there like i feel very grateful and very challenged and inspired all the time is where I'm at in my journey as to what can we do next? Where can we grow? And that's, that was my gut response when you first asked me that when we talked earlier, I was like, okay, that's, that's where I say I'm very blessed to be able to do what we all, what we do and continue growing more things. So.
0: Build up your capabilities. Yeah, that's, I like that a lot. That is, yeah. Yeah. What's the phrase to bring a beginner's mind? Yeah, to be able to always be learning on that. In looking at your different efforts, what I really like is how entrepreneurs build their businesses and how they connect. I've learned from a lot of good people, and I've seen people who seem to have a business here, a business there. Oh, we do this, we do that, we do this. But the ones I find that really have their game on, and this is why I was so impressed with you, each piece seems to connect to other, in a sense, you seem to have a flywheel going. Yeah. yeah, I love how in the real estate coach you provide the services to support real estate businesses. You do this. Was that part a plan? Did it happen? Where? How did this kind of your your conglomerate around conglomerate? Out there? I'm going to use it in this phrase. In this, yeah. I massacre turns of phrases. This yeah. is what I do. How did that kind of come about?
1: So I love that. So. Conglomerate's is a great word. Um, I love the word synergistic, right? Yes. Almost symbiotic, synergistic. Now, if you'd asked me 20 years ago, was this the plan? Was this the master plan? Thinking in the brain, I would have been like, no, I don't even know what the hell I was doing 20 years ago. But, but as I think in business, as you grow, you start to realize how assets that you're creating can create other streams of income or solve other problems. You know, what we do as business Mm -hmm. owners, we find a gap in the market. We find somewhere where a solution is needed and then we create what solves that problem. And so if you're already in a industry where you have uh, the asset of the list that supports that industry, what other problems do they need solved? Because now you can use the asset you already have to create another income stream that solves Mm -hmm. more problems. And just keep doing that. So you're right. I see people who are multi-business owners and own all different places. And there's nothing wrong with that because then usually what they're doing is they're looking at this, the business operational thing as their nugget over and over again. It's not about the widget. It's the nugget, but it's the operation systems, not the widget. For me, it's like, okay, they love community and I love growing lists of people. So from that one base, how can we create multiple things? And that's why you see with me so many different offshoots, but they're all connected to the real estate entrepreneurial industry for me personally. Now, for one of our companies, we now also serve other industries. Uh, We have a whole medical Mm -hmm. division, for example, at Reva Global. Okay.
0: But Oh, cool. Yeah, because I was going to ask about how that fit in, but cool. In your background in working as a real estate agent, now coaching, how did Reva Global kind of come about? Because I've been fascinated, one, as someone who did once I sold my agency six years ago, said I'm never gonna have another office ever again. And I've been working with international talent, global talent, all over the place. And I love some of the businesses that are being set up to create in different niches. So how did you come to Revo Global?
1: Yeah. So Revo Global, like I was talking about how we find solutions that we can solve, problems we can solve. So the CEO of Riva Global, Bob LaChance, both been in the coaching industry or that's been wrapped around the things we've done for almost 20 years, 17, 18 plus years. And having worked with thousands of small business owners in that process, right? These were all the coaching clients I'm talking about were small mm-hmm. business owners, p- specific, most specifically within the real estate arena. And they would run into challenges all the time when it came time to scale, when they would get you know, those overwhelm moments that we have as entrepreneurs where they'd hit the wall of overwhelm and they would start to lock down, procrastinate, hit the ceiling, law of the lid, um, and not be able to really expand. And then they would go out and try to find solutions. In the outsourcing world, they, we would, hear horror stories. And so we're like, okay, how can we create solutions to help people scale up, create more efficient systems, create consistency for their business with dedicated trained hires that are not mm-hmm. expensive and give them a better investment route for that? And how do we provide that and solve the problems? So we set out with solving what were the problems. So we became somewhat industry disruptive in the space of virtual assistants at Riva Global, which is what we provide because we solved all the problems. That's what it was. And so at the time, primarily, which was almost eight years ago now, when Bob was when it was originally started, it was mostly real estate entrepreneurs that we were serving. So the first several years, majority of the trainings, pre-trainings and screening and hiring process that we did in our company were for people to support real estate entrepreneurs. And now that has since expanded. We now have small business owners of every niche imaginable Mm -hmm. now that we serve because the skills for small businesses don't matter what widget it is. Social media, admin, bookkeeping, I mean, I can go on and on. Those are all things that we can support any small business owner with.
0: I think definitely with COVID, I know that a lot of people who in the past would never even think about even remote employees or remote staffing all of a sudden are going, oh, if I have to be remote, why not go fully global? How has, given that you're adding services and adding industries, I'm going to assume it's going well. But how is this going for you? how How has COVID treated you guys?
1: Yeah, a couple of things. I, I'm just going to call the elephant in the room. When COVID first happened, we had a lot of our clients, our business, small business owner clients. Yeah you know, there's uncertainty in the world all of a sudden, and everybody froze up. So for just a minute, we had a lot, like, they were calling us saying, maybe I should let my virtual assistants go because I don't know what's going to happen. And so they they tend to want to cut ancillary services. But the majority of them know, because the first thing they thought was, this is the best hire I have for the cost. So if we're going yes. to head into some sort of uncertain environments, I'm just going to increase what I give my virtual assistants to do. And, hey, how can I add to my team? And, and again, thinking differently. Right. So this year has we've been able to serve so many clients because they are now in the headspace of Everything's virtual anyway. So we got past that objection, which was fairly common. And because we are in this uncertain environment where everybody's looking at their bottom line much more closely, we've been able to be a cost savings of oftentimes 60, 70% or more than what you would have hiring the same mm-hmm. talent in your local market that worked in your office where you have payroll expenses and all the other things that come with that. And with COVID, they combined a the challenge of being together for sure.
0: Yeah, I really do. It's cool just being able to bring it because there are so many. I think we're looking at a time where the concept of how businesses work with talent or hearing, the, oh, we can't find people there. No, there's great people everywhere. It's just you have to be the right business to attract them. Things are changing where it used to be like, okay, anyone, everyone wanted a job because there was not enough. Now it's, look, yes, there are a lot of people on the sidelines. Good talent has choices now.
1: It does, but you said something really important. I think it's really clear too. When you're wanting to hire someone, right, you gotta be crystal clear as to who you're trying to hire and for what purpose. Yeah. And I think a lot of business owners, they sometimes don't take the energy to really think through their hiring process and who's gonna be the right fit, really create what that role and responsibility would be and what is the personality avatar that's the best fit for that. I will say at Reva, for example, we are not a contract for hire a virtual assistant company. We are, we supply team members, longevity hires, these are people that are going to be Become a part of your family for a long time to come, just as if you hired someone in your physical office. And so we do a whole uh, matchmaking service, basically. It's like match.com for virtual assistants. So we interview the clients and elicit from them their values, what it is they're looking for. And then we go into our hiring pool, which is not a pool of resumes. These are people we've actually already hired. We're paying them, even if we don't have a client to pay, place them with, who have come through the talent screening process and have excelled, right? So we know a lot about them, predictive index, profiles. We have their resumes, references, experiences, and we put them through several weeks of pre-training where they have to go through testing on all kinds of proficiencies so that we have a really good idea. So when a client says, they come through our intake process and says, I need a certain type of support, right? We can go into our pool and find the perfect, maybe two, three, or four virtual assistants for them to interview. So they're not going through a crazy process of interviewing hundreds of people and hoping they find the right person do all that work for them. And, and so it makes it a really streamlined process. And our retention for that reason is through the roof. We are industry disrupting and retention and the clients have a great experience and the VAs have a great experience. And by the way, these are college educated, highly skilled, awesome humans. Okay. They're amazing. (laughs) And they deserve to enjoy their job as much as you want to enjoy the employee you're hiring. (laughs) So um, so we we work hard to make that happen.
0: Now, is it, predominantly philippines or you all around the world for what's us, your curr- yeah. yeah
1: currently for us we are primarily philippines i want to leave that door open because we mm-hmm. do other contract things other places but right now philippines is our primary market um now we love the philippines okay we love 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 it because first of all english is one of their primary languages it is really yes. the primary language and they love american culture okay they love it right? So that means they get American culture. <laughs> they get our slang, <laughs> our jokes, everything. Yeah. It's as if they live here. They, they are. They, in fact, I have team members that work for me that know like TV shows and stuff better than me because I don't watch TV. And I'm like, so they they really do love our culture. And then the core value systems within the Philippines is beautiful too. Family is very important there. Education is highly revered there. Their work ethic is highly revered. And so you put those things together and they make an amazing hire for our clients. And I say college educated. I have some people who work for me who are brilliant. They run circles around me. They are so much better than me at so many things and have learned things. I've never taken the time to learn, be Certified in things I've never taken the time to be certified in, you might be shocked and surprised when you hire. If you just take out the idea that they're different, they're not. They're just like us. They just live on the other side of the planet, (laughs) so makes it nice.
0: I could see from a real estate where you could specialize in kind of understanding the types of jobs, the work, the talent that works there, because I had so much difficulty until I actually did hire a woman from the Philippines. It's called hire COO, where she acts and finds people for other people and it was like once that layer happened it was like oh okay yeah this is amazing now this is
1: so that's she
0: does more but yeah that she does do that now so that's kind of what
1: we do so we have a whole team that's full-time staff members that's what they do they're out in the hiring pool in the philippines constantly interviewing constantly screening them and when we find good ones we have a waiting list for people to come be an employee at riva and a lot of it has to do with our corporate culture is so attractive people are they want to be at Reba and they never want to leave. And so it does give our HR department a little leg up right on the hiring side. But they are constantly doing that so that we have already on staff enough people to place very quickly with our clients what they're needing so it's like headhunting but not really because we're not waiting for the client Mm -hmm. to tell us what they want we already know what the majority needs of clients are we've been doing it a long time we've served hundreds thousands of clients and so we know so we go out there looking for those buckets and then we already have them ready to go so there's no lag that can happen with other hiring services too where you're waiting on them to work a notice somewhere else or they're still moonlighting for someone else simultaneously or whatever before they can actually work for you with us we already know if we're placing them with you in Interview process, we know they're available for you. And by the way, RVAs too are not allowed to moonlight. They're 100% dedicated to the client they're placed with for either 40 hours a week or 20 hours a week. There's no competing. You don't have to worry where time's being spent. And you don't just get a virtual assistant. You get a team of support. So there is a client service manager, operations and quality that are also checking in with them constantly on their engagement, your engagement. Is everybody happy? Is everything working all day for you? Because they want to make sure that everybody's got what they need. So you're not Mm -hmm. even an island by yourself. Once we give you a VA, we don't just cut you loose and be like, okay, good luck. We're stay, we stay see with ya. you throughout the process. Yes. Yeah. See ya.
0: No. And what I really like as it gets back to who you are as an entrepreneur, you have some things you do that you're a partner in that you have other things you seem to be in a collective, the real estate age, and then you have your own direct things. Like I was saying earlier when I was impressed with your building all around this real estate concept and supporting the real estate agents and then in the space your own with obviously some offshoots that fit when the opportunity occurs. But this mix as being an entrepreneur. I find that very interesting and more people doing. I know for me, it's much easier for me to be my own stuff. I find playing with others is something I still work with as partners and stuff. But how did that kind of come about for you? Because this is actually pretty cool. I think that you have some of your own direct things, you have things you've partnered, all this and it all keeps fitting in once again to this overall concept you're working yeah.
1: on. I think, and I don't want to speak out of trend for everyone, but for most of us, yeah. if we're going to go, we're going the entrepreneurial route at some point, we read some book that gave us that entrepreneurial dream or whatever it was that inspired us. And we have this thing in our head that entrepreneurialism is free, right? Now, <laughs> <in> <laughs> different type of
0: freedom. <laughs> yeah, right? In reality, there's a lot of freaking
1: hard work that comes with everything we do. The four hour <laughs> work sleep, week is a great yes. <laughs> book title, but the reality is that it takes a lot more than four hours a week to get to where you can only work four hours a week on a business. That being yeah. said, is it absolutely possible and attainable? Yes. Okay. So for everyone that's listening, if you work with me as in in the performance coaching side of what we do, which we work primarily with real estate entrepreneurs and I have for 20 years Mm -hmm. now. We work with a lot of them and help ask the right questions to help them decide what is the most important part position for them to be playing in that company. If they are not a good CEO, then they should be bringing on a CEO. It's owning and honoring what your strengths and weaknesses are. We play to our strengths, not our weaknesses. And having that higher intention and reminder of your purpose of what you set out to do in the first place. And if your higher intention was to not work crazy hours on the business and you clearly know what your strengths are, then that helps you decide all the things to take off of your plate and to outsource and hire or partner with or et cetera, and only retain what's your best at strongest at the client, the company at the highest at and enjoy that there. If it brings you joy, great. If it doesn't, then it probably needs to be given to someone else to do. And maybe that even means that you pull yourself back. You're now just a smaller percentage of the company and it's still running by others. But for everybody, that's going to be like a fingerprint decision. It's going to be highly unique for each person. And so as a coach, we don't come in and say, you just do it this one way. We come and ask questions to help them decide what seems to be best. I am not the best at certain things. And so for some things I do, I just serve as a partner or I'm on the board or a voice. I don't need to Mm -hmm. be that. One of my companies, the thing I love to do the most, I wish I was only doing that. So we're actually in a mission right now to hire talent to pull me out of other managerial roles because they are not my joy center. And we will make much more revenue if Amy is only in her joy center. So uh, we're going to go that
0: direction. Right. Um, you know. we have the joy center, have that joy center.
1: Yes. <laughs> so.
0: i'm gonna i love that word so i'm gonna have to come back six months a year from now we got to find out how the joy center is going here let's
1: do because it now, follow up
0: <laughs> yes wonderful no this is very cool i like this concept now in looking even playing a little bit on that you are obviously the entrepreneur who's been raising her game. You're really taking this. What do you see? You've referenced a couple of things like playing to your strengths, identifying the partnership. But really, what are a couple of things that you think are most important for your journey now that you're at this higher game? What did you have to do? It could be actions. It could be thought processes. What is it for you to go from where you were successful to now this new higher level? What was that? For you?
1: A couple of things came up for me. So, first of all, anyone listening, you're going to the next level. It's not going to be comfortable. And the world, your universe is going to have to shift and change to support it, okay? And that's not going to be comfortable for the world around you either. Every time you want to go from one level to the next, that's going to require energy, effort, complexity of thinking and experience you may not have had before. It's going to ruffle the feathers of your environments. Those that are comfortable with where Mm -hmm. you're at now may not be where with you where you're going to go next. These are all very important things to really accept and be okay with. In fact, um, not to give a plug, I'm going to give a plug. I just read the book Winning by Tim Grover. And I will tell you that book, if you are trying to go from seven to eight figures, go get that book. I think everyone should read it. He is hardcore in your face about what it really takes to win. And I I like his writing style anyway. He is not, I am a no excuses, no whining girl. So I actually really appreciate his Style of writing because it's like that, but I will say not to be cliche. But the biggest thing everybody has to do is we have to work on what's right between our ears. Your mindset is mm-hmm. everything. Where is your belief system? If your belief system is I'm not worthy of eight figures, or if your belief system is I'm not capable of that, then your unconscious mind will find every bit of evidence to support that you can't. And it will hold you back, okay? So you first want to be really cognizant of that. Do the work to support your belief system as to where you're wanting to go next instead of holding you where you are. And if you are hearing yourself holding you where you are, you're going to stay there. So, you know, get out of your own way. Be willing to let things go. Be willing to eliminate things Okay, eliminate a lot of stuff, shiny objects, no squirrels, no shiny pennies, just lean in to where you said you wanted to believe. So check that belief system and then lean in. All right, and be prepared for all of the toughness that comes with winning. Like I said, your universe will shift. I describe it to some people as When you're driving along the interstate, you might be going 65 miles an hour, you're doing really well, good gas efficiency, traffic's flowing, and then all of a sudden, you decide to either go a different direction or scale to the next level. I describe business as a set of stairs, and you're running along, and you hit the riser. Ooh, that hurt for a second. And then you're like, oh, I got to figure this out, complexity of thinking. Oh, my gosh. All right. Then we figure it out, and then we jump up, and we run along the next set of stairs, and we do really well, and then we'll hit the riser again. You're going to have those moments where you hit the wall, and you're like, ooh. Dude, I haven't figured that out before. I haven't handled that before. Oh, shit. Now what do I do? And so then you got to jump up. The car example, I I sometimes say if they don't understand the stair example, I'll use the car example. And I say, when you want to go to the next level, it's like pulling the emergency brake all of a sudden while you're going 65 miles. Now imagine that for a minute. Is it going to look pretty? No are you going to be a little freaked out for moments of that? Probably. Is your universe around you going to have to shift and change? Hell yeah. They're going to have to get out of the way if they don't want to be in the wake of your spinning on the interstate. And that can be what it is. And be honest with yourself about that. Do not give yourself some sort of rose colored glasses idea that it's going to be simple and easy and everything's just going to work. You want to believe it will work, but understand that in the process of how, as it presents itself, will be things that are new and challenging. Embrace that but understand it's coming <laughs> quickly. <laughs> okay.
0: Yeah. In your experience of going through that, how straightforward did you feel it was? And not so much your experience of that, because we all know that it's, oh yeah, we're going to do that. And it just is ugly, but somehow you get on the other side and you're like, oh, it's better because in talking with a lot of entrepreneurs, I always find it so funny that some of them t- say that their transition points happen because of panic moments. Mm. Like, Oh shoot! Uh, mm-hmm. Partner, sadly, one one partner, one person had their partner drop dead, and they had been it had been a nice, good business, and then literally. Like everything was going to blow up and he had to change everything. And in doing so actually made a much better business. Obviously I've known a few people who had COVID hit. People talk about how COVID completely changed and their way of refocusing the business allowed them to touch into a deeper thing for you. What's been helping you?
1: So, so many things came up for me in that statement. And I think as business owners, we get do we are susceptible to complacency. Right? we're susceptible mm-hmm. to comfort and so if things are moving along just fine we may not even face a different direction or, or more or a better efficiency or a better streamlined way to go do something or even an asset we could or revenue we could be generating in a certain direction we may not even be paying attention because we're in a place of just complacency not necessarily in a place of creativity and resourcefulness because we don't need to be so what happens is that we have these need to moments right Where like the partner dropping out or COVID or whatever. And so all of a sudden, interrupt the pattern, boom, we can't stay in that path we were just in. It's the roadblocks. There's a giant chasm in the ground. We we now have to find a way to jump the chasm, go around the chasm. We have unlimited possibilities of how we can, but we now actually are pushed into a state of needing to be creative, resourceful, and solutions oriented. Now, that does also require, like I was saying earlier, a positive mindset that still has the belief system mm-hmm. in the direction you ultimately wanting to go for your purpose and why, that's very important, or you'll end up in a negative state and you won't be able to find the solution around the chasm. And you and I both know the entrepreneurs that give up and quit because they couldn't find the solution. So do yourself the favor of being solutions oriented. But that's the, that is the challenge, right? And by the way, guys, this will happen even if it's not a major thing. Little micro things happen like that too, right? And I will say, um, we were sharing about we we'll get there anyway, celebrate that celebrate every small achievement through the process acknowledge and verbally so acknowledge out loud you know what that was tough we found a solution because you're telling yourself neurologically that you can you're capable and that solutions really are presenting themselves so then you'll start to prime and be more reflex ability to find more solutions because i guarantee you you'll continue to have challenges at at, at any point in your growth, even without a COVID incident or a partner falling (laughs) out. And Mm -hmm. I've had those things happen to me. I've had partners crush my business more than once. I have had severe Mm -hmm. things happen. If you knew my personal story, it would blow your mind. And I don't, I never lost my belief system and I don't Mm -hmm. see roadblocks as roadblocks. I see them as creative possibilities for how I can get up around over or inside or under the roadblock, but that's my belief system. And so I've done a lot of work from a performance and human behavior standpoint to work neurologically on that. Okay. So that I can more quickly move through challenges, challenges will present themselves. And isn't that cool? Everything works for you only if you allow that. So complacency prevents things from working for us because we're not even trying. We're just riding along, going through the motion. Isn't that great? I also say stay curious and stay growth oriented, right? Don't if you're always curious and growth-oriented, then complacency is a little harder to fall into because you, you're like, oh, I don't want to... It's getting boring. Now, which is also an entrepreneurial problem. A lot of entrepreneurs, we get bored quickly, which becomes a shiny penny problem. Let's buy this problem. company. Let's do this. Shiny penny problem comes in. Boredom is not a bad thing. Boredom is a good trigger, right? If you're a good self-awareness of, I'm bored, that's a self-awareness moment to decide why. What does that mean for your business? What opportunities could that create for you versus just finding a distraction, okay? So distractions aren't good, but... Um, if that makes sense.
0: (laughs) No, it does a lot. And maybe in playing, because I've been going through your coaching, but your descriptions, not the actual program, but the descriptions and stuff like this. And there's a question I have, bringing that mindset you're talking about, that kind of openness, that growth, how do you layer that with, how do I even say it, structural need to analyze? Meaning... That I've seen people who are like, oh, you have to do your daily, your weekly, blah, blah, blah. You review your quarterly, your blah, blah, blah. You have this. But then the yeah, annual and 5 and all this planning structure. But then a lot of times when I talk to entrepreneurs who are successful, they find that stru- or they use it. But without bringing in that emotion, how do you balance that like need for a structural review within that openness that you're talking, this growth-oriented openness?
1: So a structural review in the sense of yourself or of your team?
0: All the above. I always like to say it's like, okay. I got to go bottoms up, reverse pyramid where it's like, all right, I'm getting feedback from the team and everything's coming and I have to keep everything up. But then I have to also make sure that I'm aligned yeah. with myself. I'm like, am I actually doing what keeps, as you said, brings me to my joy box? <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to use that.
1: But it's important, right? Joys and joys is one of my favorite yeah. words. So I even have a big, it's tongue. a great word. Yeah. yeah it's my half my Christmas ornaments say joy. So, first of all, I'm going to may ruffle a feather with this, but certain structural things balance. Okay. Yeah. So, balance is a myth that everybody needs to follow the same structural. Yes, it's different. It's a fingerprint thing. It's going to be different for everyone. Everyone has a different strategy style, decision making strategy, yes. all that. So you can't necessarily it's not one box. Now, the other side of that, though, is I would say for all entrepreneurs, we and we are the worst for this, because especially those of us that are visionaries or wanderers we tend to really be out here in the clouds. We're all about the ideas and we don't get down into the measurables and the metrics. And then you got your operational type thinkers who are all about measurables and metrics, but they lose track of where they're going. Like mm-hmm. they're in the clouds. They're not up above seeing the bigger picture. So they're more the Yogi bears. If you don't know where you're going, you end up someplace else. So they'll get the metrics every day, but they're not seeing that the company is actually going way off track. So I would say that a lot of you guys, you have to be willing to wear both hats. If you don't have a partner that can wear the other hat. And mm-hmm. I would say get crystal clear and reminding yourselves weekly, monthly, quarterly, yearly, what is the destination for your company? It's higher purpose. It's higher intention, right? It's why, and it's purpose, which is okay. not measurables and metrics. This is more of its purpose. And then you want to reverse engineer down into what are the measurables and metrics that are your non-negotiables? What performance metrics are your non-negotiables? And now, yes, clearly assess that everything else goes to that. You can't reverse engineer into what you do each day, each hour, each team member does each day. If you don't have a clear destination, everybody's just going to walk around sticking their thumbs up and woo, we're going for a ride. And before you know it, you've gone for a ride way over here and you can't keep the company going. (laughs) It's a joy ride. It's easy, okay? Again, I I love to be the voice of this is not, this takes massive discipline to do what I just said.
0: It does. And I think practice and I think I know for myself and for a lot of other entrepreneurs I've talked about, it's finding that balance. Because yes, if there's a gazillion people who will tell you, you need to do X, Y, and Z. And it's my biggest frustration out there. It's no, that's a good idea within structure and context and your resources, your own place and all that. But not everyone should you have to find your own. And I think, yeah, I love the way you brought it in because it is hard work. I find it impossible. It's been working with my team to build the intention of the company. And I have all these concepts in my head. And then when they ask me, I'm like, oh yeah, to make it so we're really good, we create value, we do these things and that, and they all look at me and go, what does that mean? And I'm like,
1: "Yeah, that's
0: the work from inside here. Where it's all so simple to like, oh, actually, beyond that, it has to mean something. It can't be just
1: fit. Yeah. And it is really hard to regurgitate. As entrepreneurs what is in our head but you really must you must be able to help all of your team understand what the company values are if you're not clear on what those yeah. are you need to get clear and we do a lot of performance work with leaders of organizations because they're having some in not infighting maybe but just confusions among the team and they're hitting a wall and they're not things aren't gelling and a lot of times it's because none of them even know what the values of the company are and it's because the leader doesn't know and so we'll do work with the leader and a performance coaching side to help them get crystal clear on what those are. And then we elicit the values of the team and through a mediation process, help their values match the leaders. And if they don't match the leaders, then they don't stay. But there's, uh, but right? I want to go back, though, to somebody who said about the word should. I love Tony Robbins talks about how you should all over yourself, right? Don't, should is an emotionally abusive word. It absolutely is. And even if Mm -hmm. you're using the word should on yourself, catch yourself as to how you're using it in what context. Yes. Um, We put so much pressure on ourselves and we sometimes lose our ability of critical thinking when we just work towards the pressure statement of I should instead of measuring everything against our higher intention and our course, our resources, strengths, weaknesses, money, manpower, time, and energy direction. We have to measure things. There is no should. Yes, you should do your bookkeeping and yes, like those things. But when it comes to ideas, direction, hiring, firing, mm-hmm. like you've got to go measure against the decisions that you've made and allow that to be your filter. That's really important. But I, I, I listen. I it, I feel you. It is very hard to take what's in our heart and pass it over. And so my last tip to all my entrepreneurs work. on that subject is: yeah. I'm going to go. You're going to be like, oh, you're just yourself. But don't expect the people on your team to be where you are. Okay. You own it. It's your business. It was your baby. It's your art. You birthed it. You took the risk. You went for it. Okay, so in your heart, you're operating at a 10, 11, a 12, on a 1 to 10 scale, and it's crystal clear in your head. Don't presuppose that they understand what's really in your head and your heart, and don't expect them to come to the level you are right? At most, most of the time, even excelling team members are going to be at a seven or eight on the scale. They're not going to be where you are, okay? But you still got to get as best as you can at at explaining it and then keeping them uh, on track with what that culture and values are and what your mission statement is, all those things, how that's explained to the public, because obviously everybody that's touching your company is how the public's going to respond. So just, but do understand that it's a constant thing. You have to spend time and energy on, or your leadership team does. And then even you with your leadership team, and then just also yeah. don't be arrogant to think that everybody's going to be a 12 just like you. They're not.
0: And I think one of the things, you know, just from what you're referencing that I found difficult, but I think is this idea that it really isn't easy. But as you do it, it's all skills, not that they become super easy and you're like, ah, whatever. It's that as each time you do it, you gain a little bit more capability, a little more familiarity with Absolutely. what it is. So getting into that process gets you even further along. Absolutely. If, from a
1: neurological standpoint, right? It's like when you play the violin the first time, you're not going to be a virtuoso. <laughs> but you play, the violin, yeah. but, but you play yes. the violin every day for four hours a day for years and years, and it becomes autonomic. And all of a sudden, you're, you're really good at it. So it, it's the same thing, You're right? We, we have to create the neuropaths and muscle memory to be able to do those things over and over again. And they do become easier than the last time because now you've got the muscle fiber and a little neuroplasticity to support the next direction you're you're going because you've done it a little bit before. And if I'm climbing up the mountain, right, every step I take becomes a little bit easier, right? You, It's not... Mm-hmm. Um, doesn't mean it's still not hard. But yeah. You're right. You support having stronger reflex and priming your mind to make decisions more quickly. So, where something might have been a really difficult area for you to make decisions in, the more you make decisions in that, just like with the violin, eventually. The making the decisions there becomes just snap becomes a snap of a finger versus you spending 24 hours overthinking on it it just so you know, allow yourself like that, that yeah. hey coming back to something we were saying celebrate that achievement this is very important if something was a difficult thing for you to do and now it's becoming simpler and faster and more reflex for you acknowledge that for yourself okay this is really empowering it will just prime your mind to want to do more and more to become really good at that so just celebrate it's all right
0: celebrate that kind of big question i always find that's very hard i believe to define but it is so important you talk about sticking to your strengths finding your joy box you were saying that one of the things about the entrepreneur is making sure that they know what their goals and how you know the direction so they can share before but on top of that not just what you're trying to do but how do you define success? What is success to you? You've talked about celebrating successes along the way, but I mean, do you define it as the land of plenty or do you <laughs> define it? Let's just, we do what we do because of what we can get from it. But how do you define success?
1: I love this question. I also, this is one of those ones where I want to sometimes run and avoid it. I'm a very <laughs> transparent person, because, but. Here's the thing. So I want to just caveat this by saying, as everybody that's listening right now, they're asking themselves what is success, and yeah. there is no right or wrong answer. Everything is right as long as it's right for you. This is really important. So I, I would say don't judge anyone's don't judge anyone's uh, right. measure of success. Don't judge where they are on the ladder compared to you, or where they are in the chapter of their book compared to yours. There is none of that exists, and somebody's going to be just as thrilled to succeed because they become I don't know the best horse wrangler in the United States and somebody else is going to measure their success because they were an amazing parent and raised some beautiful humans to become amazing humans. And that's their measure of success. And someone else will only be satisfied when they hit nine figures and someone else will only be right. So it's it's going to be very different for me personally. For me, it's all about impact. And my Mm -hmm. success to me is how many people have we been able to positively impact? that's success to me. And yes, revenue is important because it makes things move and it in the engine and it creates opportunities and it creates the ability to impact more. But to me, that's my personal measure of success is that have we had positive impact on as many as we possibly can in all of the capacities that we've been given the abilities to. My coaching program, for example, and we use a phrase called be powerhouse. And we also have powerhouse real estate and people sometimes just assume you mean houses, right? Cause you guys do investments and brokerage stuff and so forth. And, and we do a lot of that, but to be a powerhouse in my world, and this is where success ties together for me is that I, as a personal belief, but I believe I was given an unlimited power when I was created and I'm have the opportunity to live to that, to an unlimited way. And so I, have you know been charged with the abilities and all of the resources around me to be able to create a very strong house our foundation for my personal power. Mm -hmm. And for me, I want to use that to impact others. So as long as I'm utilizing my foundation, all network knowledge, faith, you know, tactical solution, all the things to be able to do that, then that, then I, that's success. And if I can step back one day and look back and say, without regret, I really utilize the gifts given me to be able to do that. That's for me what that means. But please, if you're listening, Allow success to be whatever that is for you. Just whatever it is. It's everything's right.
0: That is so cool, Amy. Thank you. And you've really shared a lot of great stuff for me and for the audience, focusing on your strengths. We hear that again and again, but I think for entrepreneurs it's We don't you know, do it. <laughs> yeah, it's the fire. We put out fires and then all of a sudden it's, oh wait, what are you? I'm a fireman. I like that. And I love and it's gonna make me smile every time I say it. But building your company so you can be in your joy box, that is something really powerful to go in there. And it's just fun to say. And then last, that idea of making sure you have your understanding of the direction, but then, as you said, taking it further, what does that direction mean as success to you, know, and then filtering it through all the way? You've shared a lot of very cool things. I'm going to be going and writing notes and getting on the Slack channel for my team. So thank you so much. I would love to have you come back. because definitely want to know what happens with the Joy Box.
1: Oh, uh, I would, I would love to follow.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> <up>. <laughs> um, you have yeah, an amazing, you have an amazing audience. You know, these are my. Pe- you guys are yeah. my people. Those that are listening, you're out there. I applaud you. I celebrate every one of you that you have decided to go after being entrepreneurs and building something that's in your heart to build. And I think that's a beautiful thing. So hope to connect with a ton of your listeners and absolutely love to come back. It's an honor to be here. Thank you.
0: Yeah, definitely. As always, we're going to put all the links for you for your programs, for your different things. If you're looking for virtual Assistance in your real estate or medical, that will be there, all of it on the show notes down below. So but come to the all page business owners, here.
1: so make sure if you're listening, it doesn't matter what yes. type of business you are. I have a chiropractor where we do and he's medical but not technically. We just do all yeah. of his appointment we have a VA that does all of their is outbound marketing and all of his appointment setting and appointment yeah. follow-ups, right? We have a guy who owns a tire, he's a family business in a tire place. They sell tires. Anyway, he has a virtual assistant, yeah, supports their social there. media and okay. their bookkeeping. It it, it, anything that can be done by phone or computer can be done by a highly skilled, trained, educated virtual assistant. Okay, ninety percent of what you do is done by a phone or computer. That means ninety percent of what you do you don't need to do anymore.
0: That's a good money quote too. So, Amy, thank you so much. No, thank Um, you. This has been great. (laughs) Everyone, can't wait to talk with you again. Have another great episode soon. This has been talking with Amy, and so much we've learned. Thank you, and we'll talk again soon.